Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following is a paid commercial program on News Radio 94.3 WSC. The views expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily reflect the views of iHeartMedia, News Radio 94.3 WSC, its advertisers, sponsors, or management. The Real Estate Show with Rick Willis, a show about home sales, mortgage issues, investing, and everything about the American dream. And now, The Real Estate Show with Rick Willis on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Welcome, Charleston. Welcome to today's Rick Willis, a real estate show. We're live, we're on the air, and it's a pleasure to have you listening today. I just happened to make note that uh, we're in our 14th year of being on the air here in the Charleston area. I grew up in the state of Maryland, sold real estate for quite a few years uh, in the state of Maryland, Northern Virginia. Uh, the Washington, D.C. suburbs, the Baltimore suburbs, Anne Arundel County, eastern shore of Maryland. And in 19, I guess it was the year 1990 to the year 2000, I left the world of actively listing and selling real estate. And I traveled the United States training realtors for a living. I would be in approximately 100 different cities per year teaching real estate agents how to help buyers, how to get property sold, uh, how to help people invest in real estate. And uh, that was my living for for 10 years. So I guess somebody thought I was an expert at what I did in order to hire me uh, a thousand times during that 10-year period. And when I relocated here to the Charleston area in 1998, I was still doing that particular job, doing seminars for realtors. And... uh, Decided in 2002 that I'd had enough traveling, got into the real estate business here, and uh, have been very active and very busy as a realtor, both owning a company as well as uh, listing and selling real estate. So I want to make sure you know when you listen to me today, I'm not some guy that broadcasts a radio show around the United States. When I'm not here, I help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate. As a matter of fact, uh, early this morning, I was up in Somerville looking at a house on behalf of some folks that are looking to sell their place and buy another one. And uh, when I leave here today, I've got another appointment. So uh, if you're in the market to buy, sell, or invest and want somebody with 40-plus years of experience, please make sure you reach out to me. But right here, right now, we are live, and I'm in the studio, and I've got a producer behind the glass. And if you have any question about buying, selling, or investing in real estate, call me. The number here is 843-721-8255. Write the number down. Put it in your phone. That's the number to call me with a question. 843-721-8255. And again, I remind you, there is no such thing as a silly question, only not asking it. 843-721-8255. You know, I know my listeners love to get calls to my show. 
I would rather talk about what you want to talk about than what I want to talk about. But when the phone doesn't ring, you get to hear what I want to talk about, as is my custom. As of this morning, about 5,300 and change uh, active residential listings, a little over 5,300 on the market. And it changes multiple times daily as a new listing comes on the market, as there's a sale. It's kind of like the stock market. It goes up, it goes down multiple times during a day. It obviously ends at a certain point at the end of each trading day. But what does that mean, 5,300 plus or minus active listings? Well, it means the market's pretty steady here. It's actually more of a seller's market than it is a buyer's market in most of the Charleston area, which means that there's a shortage of inventory. Uh, Builders are building as fast as they can build, and the resales come on the market, and Depending upon where in the marketplace, the average length of time on the market can be less than 30 days or it can be, uh, uh, you know, in excess of six months still. So it, it hasn't been an equal recovery. The areas where people bought the most speculative property, i.e. Uh, Isle of Palms, when people went out there and just kept bidding the properties up, 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 uh, they haven't recovered yet to a price of where they were. Uh, almost 10 years ago. Other markets, i.e. Mount Pleasant, for example, uh, it has transcended and gone beyond where uh, the decline was uh, or even the peak was back in uh, before the the market crash in 07, 08. So it's not an equal recovery, if you will, but it's a great time to buy. 5,300 active residential listings. uh, If you're looking to sell, looking to buy, Uh, and you're looking to buy something of equal or greater value, every day you wait, you're losing money. Listen carefully. By waiting, you lose money. If you're buying a home of equal or greater value, the property that you're going to buy is going up in value more than the home you're now living in. It will cost you money. Interest rates are also going to be going up. We've been saying for a long time they can't stay the way they are, but son of a gun if they haven't uh, uh, been pretty steady also. But... uh, Make sure you, you take action. And if you're going to be selling and then buying another home, uh, you know, people often don't think about putting their home on the market first. They think, well, gee, I can't put my home on the market for sale because I haven't found what I want as a replacement property yet. Well, l- let's look at it this way. Suppose you go out today and you find an ideal property that you'd like to live in. And it's a uh, resale. Uh, majority of the properties are resale. Certainly there's a percentage of the market. It's new construction. But if it's a resale, you'd have to write a contract contingent on the sale of your home, wouldn't you? Do you think it's possible that the seller would not accept that contract saying, no, I don't really want to take my property off the market contingent on you selling? Now, it does depend somewhat on what price point you're in. The higher the price point, uh, the more inclined a seller might be to uh, uh, accept your offer. And they'll put something in it called a kickout clause, which means, okay, we'll take your offer contingent on the sale of your home, but we're going to actively continue to market the property. And if another offer comes in that does not have a contingency on the home sale, we can notify you and give you 48 hours or 72 hours to remove the contingency on the sale of your property. And you may end up not getting the home that you want. Now, the reverse of that. You can put your property on the market for sale today. And one of the provisions of you selling your property today is you finding a home of your choice and having what is called a simultaneous closing, where you would close on your home that you're selling 
and buy the other home that you're buying on the same day, back to back, probably one hour apart, if you will. Or it could be that you could put your home on the market, find a buyer who would wait for you to close, let you rent back the property, uh, if you will. Or as one client not too long ago said, I'm not concerned about where I'm at. If we can get a buyer today, we'll sell and we've got a spot to go and I just soon have the cash in the bank and shop at my leisure to find a new spot. But all things being equal, if you have a choice, put your property on the market for sale, contingent on closing of you finding a property of your choice within a certain time, contracting for that, and closing to be simultaneous. So what does that mean translated? If you're listening to me right now and you're going to be buying something else, I don't care if it's six months from now, you call me. I come over and meet with you at your home. We look at what the marketplace will probably pay for your home today. Notice how I phrase that. We, we look at what the marketplace will pay for your home. You see, you don't get to determine what it sells for. I don't get to determine what it sells for. Only the buyer, based on shopping in the open market for what would be called a comparable or other homes to your particular property. And we can determine what your home would sell for, plus or minus. You would know then how much your net equity would be after all costs. And then can look at uh, what you might buy, what the monthly payments would be, or if you're paying all cash for the property, uh, what you could uh, realistically afford out in the marketplace and what the alternatives are. At the end of the day, if you're going to sell, if you're going to buy, you want to develop a relationship with a realtor who's full-time competent, professional, knowledgeable, who's out there every day, and you want to do it sooner than later. If you're a buyer, do it sooner. Get involved and have a conversation with a buyer's agent, a potential buyer's agent that you can work with who you don't pay. It's paid by the seller's agent through part of the real estate commission. But again, settle in and uh, develop that relationship. And I both work with buyers and sellers and would love to put my 40 plus years of experience to work for you. So reach out to me, 843-327-3017, or email me, rick at rickwillis.com. Visit my website, rickwillis.com, and see every property for sale in Multiple List. But right here, right now, you're listening to News Radio 94.3 WSC. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Charleston. Welcome back to the second segment of today's Rick Willis Real Estate Show. As is our custom, we have our favorite mortgage broker on the line, Jason Rosenthal. And Jason, how are you today, sir? Uh, doing great, Rick. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Doing anything special this weekend? Well, I've got some family in town, so going to be doing some entertaining. All right. Uh, Jason, in our prep this morning, we talked about uh, USDA financing. Uh, we're going to make that the theme today, and you're going to update us on uh, the market conditions up, down, sideways for interest rates. So take it away. Well, the, we, we do have some news on an interest rate standpoint. And uh, yesterday, uh, Fed chairperson uh, Ms. Janet Yellen uh, gave a speech, and she, she pretty much indicated that the Feds uh, believe that uh, the economy is doing well, uh, employment numbers are doing great, and inflation's under control, and they feel that at this point the economy can handle interest rate increases. 
So she kind of indicated that at the next Fed meeting, uh, well, her language is in the coming weeks or months. So that could be the Fed meeting in September. It could mean the Fed meeting in December. But as a consumer, we have to believe that the Fed is going to be increasing rates. And in turn, that means that uh, consumer rates are going to go up. So, of course, mortgage rates would go up as well. And uh, towards late afternoon yesterday, uh, you saw the mortgage market starting to turn where rates are starting to trickle higher. Um, and not any reason to hit the panic button, but certainly these all-time lows that everybody's been enjoying, uh, we're probably going to be bouncing off that a little bit. All right. Well, we've we've had these low rates for so long. It's like... Uh... People have become numb to it, and uh, I guess, you know, whenever it does change, uh, it'll be a little of a surprise, and then people will jump, and they'll jump too late. But uh, in any event, Jason, tell us about uh, what does USDA mean? Well, USDA is uh, the United States Department of Agriculture, and uh, they have this loan program. And when when I say this loan program, I I don't want to understate it. It it really is, assuming you're not a veteran, so you don't qualify for a VA loan. USDA financing is the best loan out there that you could get to purchase a home. And I say that for several reasons. You don't have to put any money down. Uh, It can be structured through your negotiations as a great realtor that the seller pays the closing costs. You could effectively buy a house to little to no money at all. So, Um, so, So, Jason, you can buy a house literally with no cash, no down payment, no closing costs if you've got a realtor and a lender that understand how. That's exactly right. Um, The interest rates are lower than um, conventional financing. And by that, conventional rate right now is probably about 3.5% on a 30-year fixed, whereas with this USDA loan, you could get a rate as low as, say, 3.125 or 3.25. They're more forgiving of uh, past credit mistakes, and the impact of lower credit scores on the rate isn't as drastic as somebody getting good old-fashioned traditional conventional financing. Um, There are some limitations with the program, and what I mean by that is there's what's called income eligibility and there's property eligibility. And uh, the income eligibility, uh, it's meant to stimulate uh, economic growth um, on the for more moderate uh, median or lower income borrowers, but if if when I say these numbers, you're going to realize that I mean it really doesn't limit households at all. Basically, a, a one to four person household has to have income of seventy six thousand dollars or less. That's gross before taxes, and a uh, household that has five or more people, the total household income can go up to $100,000. And those are the maximums, right, to qualify? Those are the maximums. So you can't go above that, but you can go up to it. So it actually is very flexible. There's going to be – the majority of families out there can certainly benefit from this program as far as being able to qualify from an income standpoint. I just – I know it sometimes sounds funny when a banker says, sorry, you make too much money to qualify, but this is one of those uh, rare reasons uh, where where that could happen. Um, But again – 76,000, four people or less, 100,000, five people or more. So it's not very limiting when you consider the general population that's out there. Um, The property eligibility. So now going back to the intent of USDA, Department of Agriculture, the property has to be in a less populous area, a more rural location. Um, But again, it's still pretty flexible. You don't have to drive all the way up to cross to be able to get a property that's eligible. 
um, to give folks a, a little bit of an idea of uh, where the boundaries are in the Charleston area. Um, when you're um, on the uh, north and west sides of Somerville, it opens up around uh, Jedburgh Road and Orangeburg Road. Um, on the Goose Creek to Monk's Corner side, when you're taking 52 north, as soon as you get to Cypress Gardens, uh, it opens up. Uh, on the Mount Pleasant Allendorf side, as soon as you get to Seaweed Road, it opens up. And on the uh, West Ashley Ravenel side, as soon as you get to Davison, it opens up. So inside those boundaries, it's generally not going to be eligible. But starting at those streets that I mentioned outward is where the property can be and be eligible. Okay. So, Jason, assuming somebody is qualified uh, in the income range of either anywhere from a maximum of seventy to uh, 100000 based on the size of the family and it's in the geographical area that works, what else should people know about USDA financing? Well, well, the, the real reason why I wanted to make this uh, our topic for today is that the USDA just released that they're lowering their fees. So it's actually it's going to end up being more affordable or uh, somebody buying the same house a month ago or a month from now would actually save money on a monthly basis. Whereas um, somebody who hasn't bought yet, it could open up them to qualify for more house. And, and here's what I mean by that. USDA doesn't have a, a PMI, a, a mortgage insurance. I mean, they technically do because they have what's called their USDA fees which kind of work like mortgage insurance does. USDA has fees that are kind of similar to FHA, and here's what I mean by that. With an FHA loan, you have what's called an upfront mortgage insurance premium, and you have an annual mortgage insurance premium that gets divided by 12 months. USDA has something that's very similar. Uh, What they have is uh, their upfront funding fee, which up until now was 2.75%, which was actually greater then the FHA is 1.75% upfront fee. And the way an upfront fee works is that you don't have to pay that fee at closing. Um, picture yourself uh, having a $100,000 purchase price and 1.75% would be $1,750. That would get added to the 100000 So in that example, you'd be financing that 1.75% in addition to the 100000 so you'd actually be financing $101,750 over the life of the loan, even though the actual purchase price was 100000 So USDA had a 2.75% upfront fee. They just lowered it down to 1%. So that, wow. that's, a, yeah, that's a big decrease, and it makes it a lot lower than what the FHA's was. Um, on an annual basis, FHA has a 0.85 annual fee. That gets divided by 12 months, and uh, USDA's is currently only half a percent, but now they're reducing it down to 0.35%. And um, I want to go through somebody buying a $200,000 house and how these numbers affect them. Okay. Well, up until now, you would have had that 2.75% upfront fee. So 2.75% on a $200,000 loan, you really would have been financing 205000 $655. But now that that's been reduced, you're only going to be financing $202,020. Um, there would have been a annual fee of half a percent, which would have broken down to about $85 a month, which would have been the equivalent of PMI, but in the USDA's version, would have been about $85 a month. They just dropped it down to 0.35, and so now it's $58 a month. So the net effect of all this is that somebody 
buying a house now as opposed to a couple months ago on the $200,000 house when you take into consideration that their loan balance is going to be a little bit less because the upfront fee is less and the annual fee is less, it's going to save them over $40 a month uh, just for the fact that they're going to be closing now instead of a month ago. Jason, let me ask you a question just to translate all this into the real world. At a $200,000 property today, 100% financing, and then they're going to finance these other fees that you mentioned uh, what is the interest rate today for somebody that would, in fact, let's just say they'll lock in and close in a month and a half? 3.25 is fair. Three and a quarter percent. And do you have off the top of your head what that would be on a hundred or $200,000 loan? Is it be four yeah. point? Well, uh, the, the principal and interest on a $200,000 loan is going to be somewhere around eight ninety a month. Okay, so eight ninety a month principal and interest. You add taxes on that $200,000 home and insurance, uh, you're under probably $11,000, $11, a month, right? Uh, c- correct. So for a $200,000 home, zero cash, none, not a nothing out of your pocket, no down payment, financing some of the respective fees, uh, seller paying your respective closing costs, uh, you could be into a $200,000 home. Uh, for under, you know, something in the vicinity of uh, 11, 1150 a month. And that same house, you can't possibly rent that same house for that. If you were going to rent that $200,000 house, you're going to be paying probably 1300 to 1500 a month for that thing. So anybody listening who's got a son, a daughter, a friend, a relative, business associate, or you personally that's renting, come on. Even if you're not going to stay in this town long term, is there anything, Jason, that after you bought it, lived in it for a while, that would prevent you from turning around and renting it? No, not, not at all. The intent when you buy it should be that it's your primary residence, yeah. the roof over your head. But after a year or two, what you do with your home is your business, and nobody will say otherwise. Unbelievable. Jason, anything else to add? Uh, well, just the, the qualifications are, are very lenient, and what I mean by that is that you could get a credit score. Most lenders will allow you to go down to, say, about a 600 uh, to qualify for this program. So a lot of time, well, that's certainly going to be less than uh, conventional financing at 620, and some lenders put the, the FHA loans at 620 or 640 as well, even though some lenders will go down to a 600. So qualifying is pretty easy. Uh, as far as uh, debt-to-income ratios, they can be somewhat stricter than uh, uh, traditional financing or FHA financing. They, they're pretty firm that uh, the house is only about 29% of what somebody's gross income is and uh, that their total obligations, including what's on the credit report plus the house, uh, tends to be about 40 uh, debt to income ratio, 40% of what their gross income is, whereas you have a little bit more flexibility with FHA and conventional financing. But it's good, though, because it's going to keep you disciplined. It's going to prevent you from being house poor. Uh, Also on the uh, lenient side of it is that you don't have to have reserves. You don't have to have extra cash or money in a uh, retirement account to be able to qualify as you would with conventional financing. Jason, one final question, and we have to take a break, but uh, what is the maximum loan amount or purchase price? Uh, it could be 417000 but but reality is is that typically somebody buying a house at that level is going to make too much money. Gotcha. Tell people how to find you. Please call me at 843-901-0668. That's 901-0668. 
please call me. I'd love to help. Thank you, sir, and uh, appreciate hearing from you, and we'll catch you later this week. You too. Thank you, Rick. All right. You're listening to 94.3 WSC. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Charleston. We had a caller on hold during uh, Jason's presentation. We've asked him to call back, and we hope Russell will do so. Uh, your topic looked like it would be intriguing, and uh, it's time to step up and call Russell. 843-721-8255. 843-721-8255. So we can answer your question for you and all the other respective listeners that are out there. By the way, I always will modify my own program to take my callers. I guess the only exception is during Jason's presentation, we want to make sure we uh, let him complete his financing segment. So, uh, Russell, we'd appreciate a callback. That was a topic that I don't normally call talk about, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. By the way, there's a an article in the uh, paper this morning, Post and Courier, U.S. new home sales climb in July. The residential market growth strongest since October of 2007. Since 2007. Nine years. Now, this is new construction. America stepped up their purchases of new homes in July to the fastest pace in nearly nine years. The demand has eclipsed the pace of construction. There's only a 4.3-month supply of new homes available in the United States, down from 5.2 months a year ago. You know, almost any new home community that you go to, you can't find standing inventory. They're selling construction that is yet to be built. So, uh, again, a strong sign nationwide, and certainly the marketplace is uh, that way here also. Uh, New home sales reach nine-year high. It says here purchases shot up 40% in the northeast of New home purchases, 18% in the South last month, and they increased slightly in the Midwest and stayed pretty much unchanged in the West. So uh, new home builders are doing well. I don't buy stock in the stock market, uh, but if I did, I would certainly jump on board some of the new home builder stock because it looks like it's going to be going up and doing well for a long time. Um, For Russell, who did call, and I guess maybe he chose not to call back uh, on my screen, my screen caller uh, said that he had a question about something about staging a home. And let me just speak to that, not knowing what the exact question is. How many of you have heard about staging a home? Well, there's actually a profession out there of people that make a living Staging homes, meaning they will go into a home and they will let the owner know what could be done to enhance the saleability and make it look pretty. Now, this past week, I had the opportunity of representing a buyer who purchased new construction. And yes, anybody listening that uh, wants to buy new construction, you do want your own buyer's agent, even though you may not understand why you need one. Because certainly you can walk into a new home model and talk to an agent there. But you know what? Like the agent said with me present when we were uh, reviewing a contract, the agent clearly said, I am not your agent. I represent the seller. Now, let me just pause on that for a second. I, when I was with my a new home buyer, I represented the buyer. So uh, 
it doesn't cost you anything to have your own buyer's agent. So this person reached out to me and uh, I became their buyer's agent. Didn't cost them anything. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But let me go back to uh, what got me on this track. And that is staging. We went into the builder model and they had several models. And they were just plain drop dead gorgeous. So I use this as an analogy. There's a reason why a builder will spend lots of money decorating a new home and having the right kind of furniture, the right size furniture, the right color combinations, the right uh, pictures on the wall, the, uh, I mean, all that stuff. So staging. If you're a lower-priced home, probably no need to hire a formal stager. The higher the priced home, probably the more mileage you might get out of a formally staged home. If a home is vacant as opposed to occupied, uh, it's not uncommon for a resale or a builder, of course, but in talking resale, if it's home's empty, to have some furniture in there to give people a sense of uh, how a couch, uh, how a dining room table, a kitchen table, uh, a bed and dressers will fit into there. And it's not that expensive to do. And it certainly can enhance the saleability, not a requirement, but it can enhance the saleability. You've got to weigh, obviously, what the cost would be with the benefit there. You start getting into the more expensive homes and the more expensive homes and the more expensive homes. You can probably more justify and amortize the cost of professional stager. But at a, at a practical level, when I meet with a homeowner who's going to sell their home, uh, given the fact that uh, they want to get maximum value for the home, I usually, when it comes time to put the property on the market, I walk through the home with them and I say to them, would you like me to give you some ideas that may enhance the saleability of the home? And I, if you will, act as a stager in some respects, telling them as I walk through the home, well, this Bedroom looks like it's so cluttered you can't even see it. Can we put some of these things in boxes? Can we uh, get a dresser out of here and put it in the garage or store it somewhere so it looks like there's more space? Uh, If you painted the walls or removed some pictures, uh, open up the closets and maybe you can take some of the closets, uh, the things hang in there and make it look a little more spacious. Uh, Sometimes it's about painting a wall. Sometimes it's taking a, 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 a room that has this ugly wallpaper. Now, obviously, they don't think it's ugly because it's their house. But when I'm invited to do so and feel the courage and feel that they're open-minded, I would say, you know, how long ago did you put the wallpaper up? And obviously, you put it up for yourself. You know, if you just painted over the wallpaper and made it white or an off-yellow or a cream color— it, it, it would really set this particular room off. And uh, sometimes it's uh, going through the uh, the kitchen and telling them to get some things off of the kitchen counter to open it up. Sometimes it's about asking them to replace the kitchen counter. Again, a modest-priced home. Well, what if they got a brand-new laminate counter? What if they put a granite countertop in there with a couple double uh, stainless steel sinks in it? What if... What if, what if? Now, there are certain individuals that, quite frankly, uh, just don't want to hear it. 
They don't want to hear about anything. I want to sell it as is and get top dollar for it. And I say, okay. Others will say, you know what? I'd really like to do this stuff, but I'm not able. And when people say I'm not able, it's either they're not physically capable of doing it themselves, or it could mean I don't have the money to pay someone else to do it. But there's actually another way this can be done. It wasn't very long ago that I had a seller who would get a lot more money for their home if they did certain things. And I brought a contractor into the home. I invited the person in. We went through the home, came up with uh, how much it would cost to do a whole bunch of things. And we're talking even opening up, this was an older home, removing a wall, making two small rooms, living in family room, one to, into one big room or a kitchen, opening up the kitchen. And uh, we, we came up with, uh, you know, a whole shopping list of things that if somebody would invest $10,000, Mike could get twenty five or 30000 additional from the home. Well, long story short, I have a method of getting work done to a home without having the seller pay for it and having the contractor get paid at closing. How about that? And obviously, you only do things to the home that will enhance the saleability of the home. And for every dollar you spend, you're entitled to get a return on investment of at least a buck fifty, two, two fifty, or three, and uh, sometimes even more than that. So, if you're listening out there, anybody listening that wants to put their home on the market, has their home on the market, if you want me to give you a professional opinion of what you can do inside of the home, outside of the home, to make it more saleable, and sometimes it's done not to get more money, just to get the doggone thing sold, uh, or to sell faster, or for a return on investment to get you more money, you call me. My name is Rick Willis. You can email me, rick at rickwillis.com, or you can call me directly on my cell phone, 843 843- 327-3017. Go to my website, rickwillis.com, but reach out to me. There's no cost. There's no obligation for me to give you my opinion. I've done what I've done for 40 years. You judge from listening to me here on the radio show, do I know what I'm talking about or not? And if you think I do, why wouldn't you want someone with my expertise to help you? There's 5,000 real estate agents out there. There's a whole lot of choices that you have. In fact, if you don't know a realtor, you probably have no friends. But having said all that, uh, give me a holler, give me a shout, give me an email, and I'll be glad to give you my professional opinion. You're listening to 94.3 WSC. This is our final break of the day. We'll be right back for our final segment. Welcome back, Charleston. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Rick Willis, a real estate show. We are live. I'm in the studio and uh, I got time for your call. Phone number here, 843-721-8255. 721-8255 is the phone number right here. Waiting on your call. Never a silly question, only not asking it. If you're in the market to buy, sell, or invest, have your property currently on the market for sale? 
own rental property, want to own rental property, want to get rid of some rental property, looking to lease some commercial property, looking to buy some commercial property, looking to sell some commercial property, own any vacant land, I'm the guy. Done what I've done. I've been in the real estate business for 40 plus years. And, you know, it's not about how much time a person has in the business. It's how much experience they have. And experience doesn't come from time. Experience comes from getting your feet wet, jumping in and doing it. And uh, I've been doing it uh, since the early 1970s in the state of Maryland where I grew up. And uh, this is God's country here, and it's a wonderful place to buy. And if you only own one house, shame on you. Why would you only want to own one house, for gosh sake? You know, at the very least, go out there and buy your place in the country or on the lake or at the beach. So you at least need a house and a vacation home or a place out in the country. And why wouldn't you have a rental property on top of that? I mean, you you know, why don't you have three houses? And if you got a rental property or two, why don't you get another one? I mean, why stop? You see, nothing wrong with, uh, I I had somebody I talked to the other day that said, uh, you know, I'm not not sure what we're going to do with our uh, cash. We got cash sitting around. I said, "Well, why don't you why don't you put your money somewhere where you can get five percent, seven percent, ten percent, fifteen percent return on your money?" And they said, "Where's that?" I said, "Well, I'm a realtor. Where do you think that is? It's in real estate." Oh no, I don't want to go in debt. And I thought to myself, if you pick up a hundred books on how to make millions of dollars in real estate, you know what the secret of making millions of dollars is? It's called leverage. Leverage means debt. You want to be in millions of dollars of debt in an appreciating asset that you don't make the mortgage payment on. Let me repeat that, please. You don't want to pray to get out of debt. You got it backwards. You want to pray to have a million dollars of debt on an appreciating asset that you control with a small amount of money. That somebody else makes the payment. See, the only reason you say you don't want to be in debt is you don't want to make that payment or have the risk of making that payment, right? I know the answer is you say, right. But you just don't believe it's possible. You don't understand. The secret of making money in real estate is to put 20% down payment on a property that will have income coming in to cover the principal, the interest, the taxes, the insurance, the maintenance, the repairs, and the vacancy. Said differently. All expenses will be covered, including the worst-case scenarios. And the way you handle that is, when you buy a property, you put up a down payment, 20% on a single-family home, 25% on a multifamily home that's uh, two to four units, and you put up your cash to buy the property. You put up some closing costs, probably, and then you set up a separate account. And yes, you put some money in that separate account called reserves to take care of any vacancies, any repairs, any maintenance items. And then every month when you have a positive cash flow, if you have a property manager manages, they deposit the money in that respective account. Any expenses get paid out of that respective account. And it's no different than had you gone out and bought a mutual fund. Somebody else can manage it for you. They get paid. Their fees are paid out of the income that's coming in. 
and you simply get the economic benefit called income that, if you're not retired, can even go into a self-directed IRA, uh, or you can convert a a Roth IRA into a self-directed fund where it it can go into your retirement account tax-free. Or if you're retired, give you income. Yes, you want to be in millions of dollars of debt. And some of you got it backwards. You've been living your whole life listening to Dave Ramsey. Well, Dave Ramsey even says real estate investing is a good thing. If you put 20% down, you haven't listened enough. And Dave Ramsey would be the first to tell you, I am not qualified to give financial advice and I do not give financial advice. He gives advice on how to get out of debt. And even this guy, Clark Howard, who's I like a lot. He's on talk radio, got his own talk radio show about how to get good values and buys and not be taken. Smart guy. He says, no, you, you better to put your money in the, uh, uh, in the stock market because the long-term growth is going to be better than real estate without the hassles. Smart guy who don't understand real estate, who doesn't understand real estate. You see, a financial advisor, I listened to the guy on the phone today. I was out uh, meeting with some people about selling their house and helping them buy a house and on my way into the radio show today. A local guy, smart guy, it appears, financial advisor, fee-based advisor. He doesn't work on commission. He, he had a call from a guy or a question from a guy that said, I already own some investment property. Uh, you know, and should I buy any more? How much is too much investment property? And I was surprised to hear the the guy on the radio who primarily advises people about things other than real estate say, if you like real estate and you know real estate, go buy you some more. You see, the people that have hundreds of millions of dollars of net worth, they got lots of real estate. Wealthy people's primary assets are either stock in a company they own or real estate. Are you aware of that? Isn't that interesting? So the long and the short of it is debt is a good thing. And you know what? When I tell you that you can get 15, 20, 25% annual return in real estate, you think I'm huffing and puffing. Let me show you how this works. I just helped this past week some people buy a duplex. And they paid on for this duplex uh let's call it 160,000 for the duplex each side will rent for $850 per month that's $1700 a month from a $160,000 investment well if you paid cash for it and you took out your taxes insurance maintenance repairs uh vacancy factor yada 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 you got anywhere from an 8 to 10% cash return on your money. And what if you put 25% down and it went up in value every year 3%? 3% in value, it increased in value. Because you only put 20% down payment, it's called leverage, 20% down payment, excuse me, 25% down on this multifamily, and it went up 3%. You got to multiply 3% of that purchase price times. 25% down, you're getting 12% return on your cash on the appreciation. 12% return on the cash, 6 to 10% return. Excuse me, I'm, I'm talking too quick. You're getting a 12% return on your return on investment from the leveraged appreciation from your down payment. In addition to that, you're getting the cash return of 8 to 10%. And you have a tax deduction if you're in a certain income tax bracket. 
and you can resell it or refinance it at any time in the future. If you want to have a consultation with me for anything to do with real estate, if you're in the retirement zone, call me. I'm going to show you how to have a comfortable retirement that's safe. Never risk your principal ever under any circumstance. Do not spend your principal. If you're retired, stop spending your principal. Stop having 1%. Call me. Let me sit down with you, educate you how to get 5 to 10% return on your money in addition to growth. 843-327-3017. My email address is rick at rickwillis.com. Rick at rickwillis.com. Reach out to me. Look forward to seeing you. Look forward to talking to you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.